injustice. Injustice. Kofi Kingston being in this gauntlet match is an injustice. Kofi Kingston was chosen to replace Mustafa Ali in the gauntlet match before the Elimination Chamber. He was hand-picked out of the tag team division and just given an opportunity that he had never earned. Now in that gauntlet match and in the Elimination Chamber match, Kofi Kingston fought valiantly. He fought his heart out. But guess what? Both times, Kofi Kingston lost. Kofi Kingston has earned nothing. Because Kofi Kingston, unlike me, is nothing more than a B-plus player. gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette and with me once again as always is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio. Here comes the sun. Do 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 do. Here comes the sun, and I say, it's all right. I feel like you've done that one before. No, there's no way. Are there's you no, sure? No, I don't even know what song that is. <laughs> I just googled "sun about song about the sun." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Who is? That? Let's see. That's George Harrison, I believe. Yeah. Of, of the Beatles, a little band called the Beatles. Yeah, I've you heard of the Beatles. Yeah. It's uh, a song, I believe, that is called "Here Comes the Sun," which is well, the lyric that you repeated a couple times there. That would explain why when I googled "song about the sun," mm. it was sort of in the running near the top of the search yeah, results. Exactly. Good song. Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. No, I'll take your word for it, ladies. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to Top Marks, the world's most Wonderful wrestling podcast. Jayma, how are you doing on this fine afternoon? Good. I wish like Bray Wyatt had written a song about the sun. How would it have gone, do you think? It'd be like, sun, you burn hot. I should win a feud, <laughs> but I will not. <laughs> hey! <laughs> and it's called uh, Bray Wyatt Sun Song. Mm-hmm. And then the the chorus goes like this. Okay. I praise the sun <laughs> because it powered me to the only match <laughs> I ever won. <laughs> Finn Balor stinks. That's the feud I think. My booking is truly pissed. <laughs> They never let me finish with Sister Abigail's kid. Hey, there it is. Bray Wyatt's song about the sun. Jelly Bone, do you know why I sang a song about the sun? Because we're to... sitting here on uh, our lofty perch. Yes. Up here in uh, Studio Skyloft. Correct. Looking out over the city, looking out down upon the water. Yep. Looking out at 
science world. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the bright sunshine that the people of Vancouver are getting to enjoy. Spring has sprung here in Vancouver, I yes. I would say even more than spring. This yeah. is it's summer. This is summer. I'm wearing a t-shirt. I, I should have been wearing shorts here. Yeah. It was warm out. Yeah. I love it. I've been walking around with no pants on all day. I, I don't only blame put pants you. on because you uh, made me come down to let you in the building. I wish you wouldn't have, quite frankly. Yeah, That's... I think I would have got some looks in the elevator. Well. But I would have welcomed them. I was going to say. Now we're talking. <laughs> J-Mo, so much going on in the world of wrestling this week. An unending cavalcade of items to get to yeah. in this episode of Top Marks. Yeah, I mean, I wrote an entire album worth of Bray Wyatt songs, <laughs> yeah. and I plan to sing them all. So look forward to that. Everyone just turned this off. <laughs> there, is, there is not what they, they didn't even reach the end of that sentence. Each <laughs> song like... worse than the last, <laughs> and I'll sing them all just for you. I can promise that that is how that would go. Uh, right off the top. <laughs> Up here, folks. If you like the sounds of our voices, please rate and review the show over on the iTunes store. We're on the road to Whiskey Mania and would love to pick up on as many good friends as possible. Yeah, we got to gather we, steam here. We got to gather some, some steam because I felt like yesterday, JMO, we sort of launched the first step, and that's right, there's more to come. The first step of some Whiskey Mania branding. Yeah, we have a poster. What did you think? Were you excited about that? I am, yeah. Very, very uh, fortuitous for us, of course. Yes. That our guest is nicknamed The Man. Marlon The Man Phillips, and, and of course. Becky Lynch is nicknamed The Man. What else do they have in common? Uh, well, Becky got all bloodied up by Nia, of course. Yes. And Marlon also got bloodied up by Nia. Well, this is the thing. They both took uh, some brutal punches to the face from one mm. Nia Jax. Except both had... the big difference is with Becky, it was by accident. Right, yeah. With, with Nia Marlon, hates Marlon. Was, <laughs> Marlon, it was on purpose. Yeah, I mean, then... yeah. We understand, yes. nah, yeah, quite frankly. But, uh, J-Mo, this, this was fortuitous, the, the two bloody faces, because it led to what I think is sort of a cool poster. Credit to Marlon the Man for making that himself. Uh, if you want to check that out, J-Mo, if you want to see our Whiskey Mania poster. Are, are there visuals that go along with this audio podcast? Only as of a couple days ago, J-Mo, as we launched our, our Instagram account. So if you want to head over to Instagram, it's uh, TopMarksIG. Now, would you prefer if it was Top Marks Pod? Yes, but it's taken. Yeah, it's taken by me. I can give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that real? Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I think Top Marks Pod. Let's, let's leave it as Top Marks IG for now. Yes. Because that's, I'm, I'll do some promo. But yes, at some point, maybe we'll switch. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But Top Marks yes. IG on Instagram. In the run up to Whiskey Mania, you can find us at Top Marks IG. But come Mania itself. Am I to do the old flipperoo to Top Marks Pod? And JMO, they're going to want to follow uh, Top Marks IG leading up to Whiskey Mania because, as we all know, what Whiskey Mania is, Justin, Marlon, and myself, we'll be doing one shot of brown liquor at the start of each main card match on WrestleMania and one shot, additional shot in each match that we predict incorrectly. But JMO, that makes for good podcasting content on the other side. Yeah. But what about video content during JMO? That's right. We will be documenting each shot of Whiskey Mania over on Top Marks IG on the day of Whiskey Mania. A multi-screen process on WrestleMania itself? I think... You think people are going to be looking <laughs> at their phones during a wrestling show? I mean, there's no way. I oh, mean, they'll not, be glued. Not during a seven-and-a-half-hour <laughs> show like WrestleMania. Obviously, JMO, I meant to watch on the other side after it's over course, because we'll yeah, all be catch, glued. Yeah, you'll catch up on our stories the next day. Of course. But we'll, we'll probably have to have somebody in the room handling one of our phones with that. Yeah. But, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But there'll be lots of content to come over on Top Marks IG, including our poster featuring Marlon Mann and the man Becky Lynch. Yeah, and we've got more exciting plans for Whiskey Mania. And, of yes. course, WrestleMania season means it's almost time for the second annual. Or this Ooh. would be the third? No. Second annual, but we did a SummerSlam one yes. as well, I believe. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, so we've done a couple of these house party episodes. I love the house party. I love the house party too. So look forward to that one as we uh, just you know invite everybody that we know who likes wrestling and has interesting things to say about this mania build and card uh, to come join us and say them on uh, the last show before mania, which would be of course the show that will drop two weeks from now. So look forward to that one. But also. We got lots to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Let's with get into regards it. Regards to WrestleMania. Let's get into it. Where do you want to start? Uh, how about with? Uh, I think maybe we'll, we'll we won't bury the lead. We'll get. Let's talk a little bit about Kofi Kingston. Yes, we got to talk about it. Yeah. Tuesday night gauntlet match on SmackDown. Uh, I almost feel bad for Seth Rollins. Oh, interesting. Because, okay, because Kofi's gotten to do this gauntlet match thing twice in the last like month and a half. Yeah, and Seth like. Needs something to reheat himself a little bit, having mm-hmm. kind of been out of the picture because just Brock is out of the picture. Yes. And I thought that might be a good thing for Seth to go back to that well because that's clearly what got him extremely over yep. in the first place uh, last year. Was that last year it, already? It was, yeah. That was the lead up to Elimination Chamber of last year. So oh, more than a year is, ago now. That is crazy. Which means he could use some reheating given yeah. that was when he was at his hottest. No kidding. Uh, and uh, you'd think maybe they'll go back to the same well, but no, they plan on just uh, going back. They are going back to that well, but they're going back to that well for a match and a feud, which feels like a much bigger project for the company right now than Brock Rollins, which I think they're just taking for granted is going to be good yeah. on its own, which is probably not the worst decision. If you had to just sort of rest on the laurels of one in-ring, I feel like those two are probably going to deliver us the goods. But it's not like Brock at Mania has a flawless record either, right? No, but I mean, in terms of... Baby faces within the company. Who does it feel like is a bigger deal right now? Oh yeah, Kofi Kingston or Seth Rollins? You're not comparable, right? Yeah. Gotta be Kofi Kingston Absolutely. by a mile. It's Kofi Kingston way out in front. He's you... the Becky Lynch of the men's division. That's absolutely correct, Madman. Do you agree with me that we're starting to get diminishing returns on these gauntlet matches? I liked this one. I... I thought that the stakes were good and that like every single portion of it delivered some like quality drama they're good television matches because they can eat up some time you get lots of wrestling and it moves the storyline along Mm -hmm. so it does a lot of things that you want on the tv i remember the rollins one feeling sort of novel because it's like i haven't seen one of these in a while and rollins had such a lights out performance i don't even think he wins it does he no he he only went like three deep okay the three matches that he had were very strong right roman cena Cena, and um dolph yeah maybe or balor i think is Whatever it was, yeah, very, very strong. No, Miz was in there in the end because he got chased off by Braun. But there was also the the women's gauntlet match. I just don't know that – I feel like we didn't see them for a while, and now we're getting a great deal of gauntlet matches going on. I wouldn't mind to see a little bit of a uh, pumping of the brakes. Save yeah, it for something it, special. It, you're, tr- you're right. It is like a, a trick that was novel when they had Seth do it, and is maybe – yeah, maybe diminishing returns a little bit, but also, like, it did the trick this week, Yeah, right? that's absolutely true. D- like, did you think Kofi was going to win it? I was surprised that he did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I kind of figured that they would do something in the end to, like, stack the odds even crazier or whatever, which they, which did, they did, but, yeah. not, but, like, but it didn't become, like, a five-on-one. He right. just got an extra sixth match tacked on to his five-match gauntlet, which, yeah, I was surprised that he won, actually. Were you surprised that they gave Daniel Bryan and Kofi, a, what, full five, six minutes of wrestling on the TV? Yeah, I kind of thought that that would just be an open-shut thing, right? I think that's a bad move, giving away those two in-ring right now. I mean, they we've seen it twice already in the last month and a half. And so I, you're saying that's 
why it's a bad move is that we have seen it already. Exactly right. Yeah, I think if you want to build it to Mania, what? How many times have I said on the show that you know a great babyface and a great heel is the best dynamic you can have for a feud, right? It sounds obvious, but you don't get it as often as you want. This has it. Keep these guys apart. This is where you start to introduce the contract signings, all that stuff where you you get them in their vicinities but not touching. I feel like they overuse that in feuds that don't need it mm-hmm. and now aren't using it in a feud that probably could. Well, at the same time, like I I. I have to say, we're two weeks out. I still don't know how we're getting to this Mm -hmm. match. Like, I I thought that they would do something this week that would end in such a way where, you know, maybe Kofi didn't uh, accomplish what he had set out to do in the gauntlet, but he had pissed Bryan off so much along the way Mm. that at this point, like, Daniel Bryan demands this match, that he wants it, that he needs to prove himself. That would be kind of cool. I feel like they're kind of already having Ronda do that. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on with Ronda and Charlotte, right? Like, so... I have no idea how Kofi's going to get into this match at all, but uh, I'm, I'm ex- you know, it's a hook to tune in and find out. The, Definitely I'll, true. I'll say one thing for this feud is that, like, has it come together quickly? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did they have their work cut out for them in terms of how to pivot from point A to point B? Uh, from when it seemed apparent that Kofi was going to be that guy mm-hmm. and be, you know, the top sphere of this show? Absolutely, one hundred percent. But uh, they've done well. Like it's absolutely, it's, it's still engaging. It's still a mystery week to week. The only thing, and I did uh, tweet this, uh, which got like some you know responses from fans taking me literally and and thinking that I'm you know talking about booking when I'm actually talking about like kayfabe justifications for things. Uh, what was this? We talked about it when like. You know, they switch Kofi out of the match to replace him with Owens. Mm -hmm. If you're going to say that that's the business decision because it's the bigger match, it doesn't actually make sense to do that because we all know that Fastlane is not the the big of course. date on the calendar when you've got WrestleMania right around the corner. So, you know, we were told at that point that it's best for business that we get this marquee match at Fastlane. And now if you follow, like, Vince McMahon's best for business logic. Yeah, it doesn't. It seems up. like his plan is to just have no match. Yeah, for the <laughs> WWE title. That's truly what's best for business at, at uh, WrestleMania. Give Daniel Bryan the night off. He earned it. <laughs> yeah, I... he was so good all year that we don't need to see him on the biggest show. Of the Classic year. That's, Vince. That's Vince's plan right <laughs> now. It seems like, which makes no sense. But you know, um, I think the holes in that logic don't really stand out to you as you watch the show in the moment? Yeah, no, they don't. And and I'd like to actually pay a couple compliments where I think it's frankly relieving to see WWE sort of change with the wins and, you know, switch gears to how often you can think of a million examples where they didn't do this, right? Mm-hmm. And they do sort of catch the lightning in the ball and say, okay, let's run with it. So I say good for them for the switch there. I hope that we get Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, official at WrestleMania next week on SmackDown, so that we can get a week to build. We can have some sort of the match's official confrontation. I don't want it to be the go-home angle that the match is now official. I'd like at least one week of build with the match having been announced. Can, but that's pretty in the weeds. I can see it going either way, though, right? Like, yeah. I think there's a lot of... Uh, it would, it's a big moment as soon as he actually gets what he wants. Yes. And, and doesn't just come out and do the Batista thing of just screaming... Give me what I want. Hey, in some ways, that's working. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it worked for Batista. Matt, man, you're talking about them giving us these these matches that you know we're not sure Kofi's happening. Or you say you want to jump in? Well, give me one second All more right. on this before we move on, which is to say that I'll speak eventually, folks. Don't worry, <laughs> I will. I will be talking on this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will. There will be some words from yeah. me. I mean, like, I was I was ten words of that sentence just to put up his head. When speak. we when we talked about 
WrestleMania 30, when we yeah. did the b- a bonus episode on it uh, a month and a half ago or so now, we talked about how it feels so strange when you go back and watch it mm-hmm. now to think that it was a surprise that Daniel Bryan would win. Yeah. That you were so convinced that like this company cannot make the right decision to spite itself. Like they will just completely screw this mm-hmm. up. No confidence whatsoever. That's not really the case here. Like I think we all know that Kofi is going to win the title. Yeah. Which is why they need to do these screwy things week to week. They need to do mm-hmm. wacky pro wrestling heel logic like Vince is doing because that is a distraction. It's not distracting in terms of like I can poke a plot hole in this. It's distracting in the in the terms of like give me something to think about for the next week that isn't the fact that well obviously Kofi's going to win this at Mania. You're absolutely right. Like they have to play with our emotions in those ways, right? Because as a cut and dry like y- you and I both do think Kofi is going to take the title down at WrestleMania. Absolutely. Uh, on that note, how bad is it if he doesn't? If this feud, which we agree is sort of built on race and, you know, mm-hmm. Big E uh, releasing a video for those who may have not seen, sort of saying, laying out quite clearly, I thought, people like us is the phrase he repeats, I think, two or three times throughout the yeah. video. You can, I think he says, you can get to the top of the coaster or you can ride the wave. He's, 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 like, he's talking about climbing to the top of the mountain and he's like, you you might get to the top, but you can't stay mm-hmm. and, you, and you probably can't even get to the top in the first place. And then when you start to think of how accurate he's being, you can think of a bunch of examples where he's bang on correct, yep. an absolute bullseye. Because, like, look, I said it last week and they have not fully said this yet. I wonder if they're, like, counting on, like, someone in the press to make this story explicit for them. Here we are. <laughs> well, well, like, you know, like, Sports Illustrated runs a story on, like, the importance of Kofi Kingston yes. and, and the fact that, like, a no one... There's never been a black champion. Maybe Justin Morissette should write it for the classical. Maybe, maybe I will. Um, b- because it, it feels like they are willing to acknowledge that, but they are not willing to say it themselves. Why do you think that is? I think we sort of know, but wh- why do you... If you had to guess. Because... I mean, like, look, you pointed it out right there. Biggie was really just extrapolating off of what they did in their promo with Vince last week. Yep. Kofi said it himself. People like us, people like me. They're talking about people. Yep. What who, else could they mean, who, folks? Who are black. <laughs> there, there's, uh, there's some people that uh, I've seen floated online who are like, oh, no, that you guys are reading too far into this. They're, they're not, it's not about race. Okay, if you don't think it's about race, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm open to, to mm. hearing both sides of an argument. What do you think all three of them mean when they say people like us? What do you yeah. think the commonality in the New Day is when they say people like us don't get the push? What do you think they're referring to? Loud, joking I don't people? Know. Would tag teams? And like, <laughs> when Vince McMahon comes out to the ring to antagonize the New Day and basically like play the devil in yes. a way yeah. that he is just torturing them. Uh, a devil who delights in just like, you know, making misery for minorities would maybe be described as a racist devil, perhaps? I mean, uh, let me think about Yes, that's correct, j But I he's will... never going to get on the mic and say, I'm a big racist. <laughs> yeah. but, but he doesn't have to, right? Like, you watch his promos, you watch his demeanor, you watch the way he treats these guys. He's playing a racist devil. Like, the, it's 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 explicit without actually being explicit, you know? Like, I don't know how much further they could push it without it being, like, you know, borderline offensive on some way. I'm just reminded of uh, Joe Strummer, the singer for The Clash, in, in an old interview with him where he said something, to, I'm paraphrasing, but something to the effect of, you can say a lot more if you if you can walk that tightrope. You know exactly how far you can go and what you can say that mm-hmm. they will still broadcast to you, but you still push buttons. You'll get a lot further. And I, I that rings around in my head here. 
they can't have the image, even for their shareholders, of Vince McMahon on mic saying, I'm racist! Our company has never had a black champion because I don't like <laughs> black people! They can't exist! No, they cannot say that, but they can still tell the story. And they are. Yeah. So, and listen, you don't get to bitch about wrestling being, it's like, oh, it's zero subtlety. There's, it's all so obvious, such beating you over that, such heavy-handedness, and then the one thing they don't paint, absolutely obvious complaint. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kofi is basically saying that there's never ever been a black WWE champion that nobody yeah. who, who looks like me has ever gotten this chance like the, what, what what else is he pointing at that's what i was saying exactly. and it's all three of them like what? now you did say though what happens if he doesn't win what do you do you, how poorly do you think that reflects i actually think kind of bad to be honest uh yeah it would feel a little bit i mean not as bad as like booker t losing to triple h no but <laughs> because that's like i mean that was explicit like huge piling on racism and the racist guy still won that feud in the end and that was the end of the feud the thing the thing that's different about this is if kofi did not win I still feel like that would be the dominant storyline. Yeah, that would carry over for you know the next however long. That's the thing. As long as you know, maybe the the move is to have him lose in some ways because then his point only gets stronger. Yeah. And then at backlash, see, I told you I was being held down, and then maybe goes harder. But but like you know, when we were talking about why these two are a perfect fit for each other. It's about commercialism. Yeah. It's about the fact that, you know, which I guess was a theme that was kind of explored in the AJ feud. Yeah. But you could really so here. you could really hammer it with a group that sells a breakfast cereal, everything. A million t shirts, a t shirt in every color of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, there's no sort of New Day merch. There's no kind of merch that doesn't exist with New <laughs> yeah. Day on it. Who makes those t shirts? But, <laughs> something to think about. <laughs> but but um they have not gone down that road at all. We have not gotten the commercialism angle no. and the environmentalism angle. This is way more interesting. But what we did get this week, at the very least, was Daniel Bryan at least like reclaiming the role of villain yeah. in this story from Vince McMahon, which was something we complained about last yeah, week. Yeah, last week, I think, specifically, I can't remember who called it out, but before the show, we both agreed him not going to deliver the B-plus player line was a mistake, and they let him do it this week, so so yeah. good to see. And then t and turned it on the fans as yes. well, which was great. It's and a perfect like, The fact that, I mean, they're essentially giving us a remake of the Daniel Bryan story but it's, like, more socially conscious. And Daniel Bryan's still there. And Daniel Bryan is, yeah, he's been recast as the villain this time, which is, like, delightful in a way, like, beautifully poetic, and he's doing an amazing job of it. So, yeah, I mean, look, we've one of the things that we've had a huge debate on this week yeah. amongst uh, our friends and in uh, the Top Marks, Twitter Patreon uh, oh. group chat as what is, well. What are you? What what's that you're saying? If you head on over to Patreon.com/slash/topmarks, uh -huh, it's yeah. five dollars a month. Uh -huh. You can get into a Patreon group chat Where, who? on Twitter. It's okay. a Twitter group DM. All right, this sounds kind of good. With you and me. And Wait, all, I'm in it. And all the donors. Five dollars. We all talk about wrestling all day long. I can't fucking afford not to for five dollars. <laughs> wow, yeah, you'd be crazy not to do. Yeah, it. I mean you can't afford not to. But okay, please, Jamo. What what was the, the if discussion? If you jumped in there, you would have seen a discussion this week that was led mostly by my roommate Mike. Okay, former yeah. guest and former guest host on this show. Yeah, official roommate of the podcast. Yeah, uh, who has uh, made the case this week that. Uh, it's a bad build to Mania because so many of the feuds feel slapped together at the last minute. And I do not feel that that is the case. 
Yeah, I, I, listen, we, we can talk more about once this build is complete, sort of what we think of it, but I will just say it's certainly my attitude towards the Mania build is that it's best in years. I thought this was sort of, you know, what, how most people felt about yeah, it. I mean, everything feels like it's, like, clicking at a high level is, right now. Is Raw a little lame and tamer than you would like it? Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. but has that been the case all year? Yeah, it's like, I, I can think of five programs that I'm dying to see, and I cannot remember the last Mania where that was the case. Yeah, you, you go up and down the list of, like, the... Mania programs right now that are, you know, telling long-term stories, paying off long-term uh, builds that you're just, like, fired up to see, you have to go pretty far down the list right now to arrive at Miz and Shane McMahon. Which, which I'm into! Which in <laughs> any other year would probably be, like, a top three feud. Especially after Tuesday with the Miz. But, JMO, I want I want to go here. We were talking about Kofi and Brian, a match we know is happening at Mania but is not announced. I yes. want to flip, flip the script and go to Corbin, Baron Corbin versus Kurt ah. Angle, a match that is announced but I actually think is not going to happen. The exact inverse. Where are you with this? Is Baron Corbin Kurt Angle's retirement match? I mean, depends on uh, if you want to listen to the dirt sheets or not. I don't want to listen to the dirt sheets. What does your heart say, Matt? My heart says that is not the match. Okay. What do the dirt sheets say? The, Rumor has it. I mean, Meltzer said that apparently that is the plan for the match but okay, they, guaranteed it's not but then. they but they have heard uh the the way that that crowd did not want that match and that they have taken that under advisement now I I'm mean, by under advisement does it mean the commentary kept saying wow the crowd does not yeah. want to see this match yeah. and then Kurt Angle hops on Twitter and goes I know my decision is not popular with the fans <laughs> however it's like you do not throw this much shade on your own booking decision heading into Mania for Kurt fucking Angle's retirement match I'm if if this is your actual plan for the match I don't mean to spoil WrestleMania for people so I apologize because I'm about to do it guys. Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin is going to be the match as all the way up until Mania, all the way up until that program. And then old John Cena, who can't be on TV right now but can be at WrestleMania, is going to come out, dump Baron Corbin on his head, and bookend Kurt Angle's career being John Cena's first match and also Kurt Angle's last match. That's the play here, guys. Yeah, and if you're wondering why didn't they just have Kurt Angle come out and say... John Cena is my guy. If John Cena cannot be on TV this week, next week, last week, however many weeks, and you're just going to have Kurt Angle come out and challenge a guy on the mic who's not going to respond, guess what? We already saw that. It was John Cena's Mania program last year. And also, you might ask, well, why is Baron Corbin involved in this at all? It's so that his Mania moment can be having his match taken away. Not only that... People, people, I, I don't get this, okay? Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin have a ton of history. It's yeah. like people don't remember that the whole Sheriff Corbin thing, took, yeah. or Constable Corbin, took over for GM Angle. You're going like, to complain that's... that this is a thrown-together <laughs> build like... to Mania while they are selecting a feud that has been percolating for months on end Maybe now? a year? Yeah. Like, a very long time? It's, yeah, the, a little silly to me. And, but... al and also, yeah, like, we got, this is, they're trying to find a home for everybody on the show. Yeah. And it might not all be in matches. Like, yeah. You know, Elias got announced this week as the, the music. official musician of WrestleMania. I love that, by the way. Which means one of two things. He's either going to uh, play, do a set, and, and be joined by the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, right. I hadn't even thought of or that. Or he's going to start to play a song, and some baby face like Dean Ambrose will come out and smash his guitar over his head. Or both. Yeah. 
I hadn't thought of Honky because he's going into the Hall of Fame. Rest in peace to a legend. But, but, but like, you know, that's something for both Dean and Elias to do. Yeah. Without having them take up ten minutes on the show. Yeah. Be and six that, minutes and to that felt like a feud that they were building for most of the last two months. Yep. Uh, at least since Dean's been a babyface again. Lots of ways so, to go. So, you know, that's something for those guys. And, you know, uh, what's like Alexa is going to be the host and yep. all these other, like, they're trying to find these non match spots. And Baron Corbin, as much as you might think he sucks, is actually like a really good heel. He's, yeah, it's undeniable at this point. He, he's not, listen. I don't know what people want heels to be. Baron Corbin goes out there. You want to see everybody beat him. Yeah. It's, Baron Corbin's not meant to be your favorite wrestler. Do I want to see Baron Corbin wrestle a match at WrestleMania this year? Not no. necessarily. Do, Do I, I want to see Baron Corbin, like, get slimed like he's at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards <laughs> at WrestleMania? Yes, yes. Very much so. So if... You know, John Cena dunking on him on his way to the ring to take his place in the Kurt Angle retirement match is how we get a Baron Corbin moment on WrestleMania. That is a good moment that is fitting for all of the characters involved in this. Let's I cannot complain about it. Let's talk about another guy, Madman, that I saw but, some complaints about that seemed to be building a... Um, ne- neither of us, though, think that Baron Corbin is actually the match for Angle. No. Yeah, of course no. not. Uh, I do not. Uh, another guy who's sort of being built for a moment, uh, and some people aren't thrilled about his booking, Braun Strowman announced his, was it the first guy announced for the armbar, or uh, either way, he is announced for the Andre the Giant Battle, Remo- Battle Royale Memorial. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh-huh, yeah, that thing, uh, the armbar, as I always call it. The, yeah. That acronym doesn't even work, right? No, That's not really. Yeah, well, what are you going to do, hey? Uh, problems with this, JMO? Hate it, love it? Uh, I mean... <sighs> If, he, if he's not going to win it, then it's probably not the best spot for him. Do you want Braun Strowman winning the armbar? I do not. And I'm only just because. Do you want Braun Strowman to be thrown out of the armbar? I almost think that he's better used as being in the final two and you're getting somebody else over Kevin eliminating Owens. Braun. Somebody like that. Kevin Owens has nothing else to do on this show. Somebody important can win the armbar. Maybe a small guy could actually be kind of a fun thing to do with the armbar in a way because somebody hasn't done it yet. Mustafa be, Ali, maybe. Yeah, something like that could be interesting. I don't know. Does Braun need the. What? He's going to win the Greatest Royal Rumble belt and the armbar, but never held the. No. Like, it's it's yeah, very it strange. It doesn't mean anything. We had, we talked about this two weeks ago. Braun's moment is to be the cartoonish King Kong Bundy style over the top character who pulls, uh, you know, what's his face from SNL? Yeah, uh, Colin, Colin Jost's underwear over his head. I want to see and it. stuffs him into a, a garbage can. I would love whatever. to see it. Yeah, and and that's gonna be a viral moment that'll. Uh, hit across Twitter, hit across all these different media outlets. Yep. That'll get them the crossover media coverage that they always want out of WrestleMania. And it's a really good use of a very entertaining cartoonish character in Braun Strowman. Uh, it, did he need a match on this show? I would say no. He already had a thing. We know what he's going he's towards. He's going to kill Colin Jost. Yeah. I will say I would have liked to have seen Braun in this presumed IC multi-man I don't think we've seen Braun in, like, a ladder match before, have we? And I think it could be really interesting, some strength spots. Finn Balor's on a ladder. Braun lifts the ladder and throws it. I think you can do some fun things with Braun Strowman in a match like that. And I don't think we've seen him in that role before. But besides that, he's so cooled off. And listen, that is a problem. But I I don't know what the obvious thing is for him. Yeah, I don't know who ends up in that match with Finn, though, either. I mean, Lashley, obviously. Yeah, Lashley. It'll be – I think it'll just sort of be a leftovers thing, no? Are you you upset at all that – 
you know, that is becoming a multi-man match, and it seemed like the feud that was building towards a multi-man match yeah. gets announced as a singles one-on-one this week. You're talking about Ray and Samoa Joe, right? Uh, yes. So it's tricky because do you think Ray and Samoa Joe is the U.S. title match? It's just those two? I'm starting to think it is. Uh, yeah, I didn't think so at first, and then – you know, when I heard the match was announced, I'm like, well, that there's no way that's the match. Yeah. Andrade's got to be in there. And, and, and like Mustafa. Mustafa Ali. And, and why not throw R-Truth and Kevin Owens in there? Yeah, it did seem like the more natural multi-man match. I, I'm not going to p- complain because Samoa Joe getting a singles title match at WrestleMania is something that he's deserved for certainly the last two of them. And frankly, since about 2004. Yeah, the thing, so. that, the thing that put it over the top for me is probably not going to change was when they're like, this is Rey Mysterio's first WrestleMania singles match in eight years. Yeah. If you're going to stress the importance of that, I don't think you're going to take it away a yeah, week later. That, that's a great point, too. Um, but it, and you, you feel bad because, you know, there were programs there there that, that, that have been building over the long term for guys who deserve big moments like Mustafa Ali and certainly Andrade. Yeah. I like, mean, for Rey to have a singles match on Mania, like... We as both, much as we love we Joe. We both love Joe. Yes. If you're going to put Ray in a singles match for the U.S. title, it should be against Andrade. It does feel a little bit like, it's right there. You know what I mean? Especially like when it's... they announced it for Fastlane and then pulled it. Yeah. So it's like, well, we won't do this match now because there's probably a better time for this. Will you feel satisfied still if Ray Mysterio takes it off Joe in his first defense as a feud against Andrade? Uh... I think I could see that happening, and I, I don't have much of a problem with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, if that is the case, then I would still like something for Andrade on the card. Like yeah, wins, I agree. He wins the armbar, perhaps. That could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, two two quick things, J. Moa, one involving one Rey Mysterio. we got some family members involved in these feuds yes, this week. Dominic. Dominic! Uh, larger than I thought he was. Good yeah. to see. Dominic Mysterio, you one must assume. A raised son mm-hmm. on the television this week. What would you think of that? Uh, nice to see him again. Yeah. Uh, they did kind of pay a uh, tribute to him like making a return appearance yeah but i wish they had someone had like straight up explicitly <laughs> referenced the custody of dominic ladder match with eddie guerrero that would have been absolutely tremendous uh, but it was funny my favorite part like one of my favorite things that happened on smackdown was ray gets to the end of his promo first of all it was really weird hearing ray mysterio's voice because yeah. i don't think he's talked very much not since he's been back has he yeah and he doesn't cut- really need to no um, but but at the he's an okay promo. He finishes his promo, and then him and his son do like the clasp hands, like Jamie and I just part, did it. Part handshake, part like yeah, high five, the thumbs interlock. Exactly, and then they just turn and walk off screen together. Yeah, like father and son. <laughs> it was just yeah. like you and you and Mr. Morrison. Yeah, yeah. Yo, what up? I, I, I go to my dad's work, and then as <laughs> soon as he's done talking, yeah. we high five, yeah. and then walk directly off screen. And it was like a nice casual. Troll. Like, Ray was like, well, I announced my match. Time to go take my son to the ice cream shop. It just seemed very wholesome, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll say, there, there's, you know, Ray, one thing that's been consistent in Ray Mysterio throughout his career is always talking about when he retires, he wants to give his son his mask and, you know, have his son involved in his retirement in some way. Do you think that this is maybe on the table? Could the sunset be coming for Ray sooner than we're thinking? I don't think so. No, he yes. still seems like he's... You know, this is not the tank. This is not an Undertaker situation. This is not even a Batista situation. Not even a Kurt Angle situation. Exactly. Like we're not looking at a guy who uh, clearly has like a warped spine and (laughs) cannot get to the ring and back. Like no, Ray. Ray in some ways 
is doing the same spots he was doing 20 years ago and is doing them even better right now than I, he was then. Yeah, I'd say he's removed some of the signature spots, but like the stuff he does all looks as good or better than it ever has, and it's great to see. But no, somebody cut together a gif of literally like the exact same sequence from a WCW Cruiserweight match from like 97 to a match that he had like on SmackDown six months ago. Was it Rana 619 Frog Splash? Uh, no. Oh, okay. It was, <laughs> like, a, was, it was like a thing to the outside. Okay, cool. Yeah. It was, it was very interesting that he's like literally keeping the same tricks in his bag all these years. And like, <laughs> Still works. If anything, looks more even more fluid today than then. Not the only family involvement on the programming this weekend, Madman. But before we move on, sure. you yep. stress family right there. What was Samoa Joe's big thing all year? He was, loves his family. Yeah. Wendy. Wendy! He's yeah, bring, for your bring Dominic in there. Absolutely. <laughs> Who's Ray's wife? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Dominic! Mrs. Mysterio, Jr. You're going to call me dad, Dominic. <laughs> but Ronda Rousey's husband, known scumbag, enemy of mine, Travis Brown gets involved on the program this week. Yeah. The, the giant man, uh... You know, sort of being an enforcer of sorts to Ronda this week. Well, he he had to keep her in check because she lost her cool. Yeah, sorry, an enforcer to Ronda is what I meant. Did I say enforcer of Ronda? Yeah. Sorry, enforcer to Ronda. Like yeah, a, you made it sound like he was Ronda's insurance policy. Well, I mean, he does anyway. He has a history of some domestic abuse, so I don't know that he's necessarily above getting involved to help Ronda, but that's just me. <laughs> Allegedly. But I know I did, it for a fact. I did put this in the chat this week, though. Trump had a tweet this week where he talked about a quote-unquote insurance policy. Okay. And then I was like, does anyone else make this, uh, read this and think that, like, he's implying the Democrats brought Kevin Nash down to the <laughs> ring to watch their matches for them? <laughs> That's just the way my brain works, Very I guess. Very good. Uh, but, yeah, what, what do you think, Travis Brown being on WWE TV? I don't love it. Uh, yeah, I mean... He's huge. He's like six, 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 seven. And, so he... and it's it's Rhonda, right? Like do whatever to keep her happy is what they're gonna say with a star like that. So if she wanted to have him involved and it was fun for her to have him involved, then they were going to involve him. I'm kind of okay with them keeping Rhonda happy. To be honest, given Rhonda, you know, she has off weeks, she has on weeks. Certainly on the promos, and even you can think of the Ruby Riot matches is a little bit underwhelming sometimes. But Ronda Rousey has made this must-see. I'm so excited for this triple threat. I am very – if it's right there with Kofi and Brian for me. I'm very eager to see this match at this point. And whatever you got to do to make her be okay with getting beat up and losing works for me. Yeah, like that is ultimately – because, I mean, we were even saying – people were saying that, oh, this feud is cooled down now. I'm not even as interested in this as I was before. Which is a fair yeah. comment, I guess. Is it? Not really. I don't think so. Because, like, is Becky as red hot as she was two months ago? No. No, but who in the history of pro wrestling but, has But been? when we get to Mania and her entrance hits, am I going to be as fired up to see this moment in that moment exactly. as I would have been no matter you what it, the build man. would have been over the last two months? Yep. Absolutely I would because I have been looking forward to that moment all along. Well, that's right. We all know where it's going. 100%. Um, and I'm going to go wild. And, and like like I said on this show last week, man, after Ronda's promo last week where she fully turned heel and, like, you know, buried the business or what have it, oh. what have you, uh, like – I've never wanted to see her lose more than that. Yeah. And in that sense, they're doing their job. Because if I want to see her lose, I'm going to tune in and hope to see that. Do you mind if I uh, just ask you a quick quiz here, j Sure, go ahead. 
Do you like Becky Lynch? Absolutely, yes. Whose ass do you most want to see her kick? Ronda Rousey. Moving on. Uh, J-Mo, uh, a couple other news and notes from other federations well, before we sh- get before, into some listener mail. Before we do that. I don't know if we have time. <laughs> we should talk about the Kevin Owens show uh, on SmackDown this week. Sure, yeah. His guests were uh, Ronda and – or not Ronda, sorry, Becky and Charlotte. Yes. Uh, and, it, and he mostly did all the talking. Yeah, the I thought that's kind of interesting. Uh, which was a bit strange, though. I I like this like new kind of comedic, every man likable persona that he's doing because not he's not a putz. It's like we said, yeah. When he comes to in the ring, he's still an ass kicker, but he's having fun with. It's, he's still the same guy. He's just openly having fun with it, yeah. Instead of acting like he hates everything all the time. Yeah, it's not the baby face dream I had for Owens, but he's making it work because he's one of the most well-rounded pro wrestlers on the planet. At the same time, though, they didn't really let Becky do very much in this segment. Charlotte had, like, the only words right at the very end, and then Charlotte got the upper hand in beating Becky down, which I think might be because of the fact that uh, you know, the, you announce these two women coming out to the ring back to back. Charlotte gets, or uh, Becky gets cheered huge as she comes down. And then Owens announces Charlotte, and Charlotte gets booed not to the level that she probably would have three weeks ago before they really made Ronda the heel here. Yes, but definitely still booed. Yeah, and I think if you do want Ronda to be the clear baddie in this then they have to make Charlotte more of a tweener, like you had said a couple weeks ago. And that seemed like a step towards that. And it sucks to, like, use Becky as bait in that situation. But, I mean, the whole story that they've been telling all along is that Becky is injured and she's not 100%. She's and she useless, can't defend basically. herself, blah, blah, blah. We saw it at Fastlane. Absolutely. So... Maybe that's good then, I guess. Could be. To, to give Charlotte the upper hand and let her like deliver a vicious beatdown because it's not like she got cheered for beating up Becky Lynch. That's not going to get anybody cheered. But she didn't seem like the villain by the end of that segment really either. I agree with that. It- as long as the go-home image for WrestleMania, because SmackDown does go second, I would just love if it's a fiery Becky Lynch promo about regardless of injury, regardless of these past couple of weeks, she's coming to Mania for one weekend, blah, 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 or for one reason. That's the go-home image. Is Becky isn't still isn't quite at full strength, but it doesn't matter. She's been through all this, and she'll keep going. Great yeah, just week. an interesting segment. I was wondering if you thought it was messy. Yeah. I wouldn't say messy. I had the same thought as you that as Kevin Owens, it felt more like his segment than mm. participants of the hottest feud, but I didn't hate it. Uh, did you happen to catch that program NXT last night? I did not. Uh, do you know what the main event was? Uh, I do, yes. Okay. Wow. Fatal Five Way. Good to watch. <laughs> Everybody doing their finishers, the in and out, but leading to... I tell you what, there were five stars in the ring and five stars hey! for the match. Hey! You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's patreon.com slash top marks <laughs> if you want more of that. <laughs> and uh, uh, But... Do you, do you know the one of the results that comes out of that match? Uh, I know, I think, all of the results that come out of that match. Adam Cole going on to face for the, the vacant NXT championship. But almost more interestingly to me, and we will talk about that, but almost more interestingly to me, is Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle for the North American title. Yeah, and it feels like that had been the direction for the last several weeks now. Does this feel like a weird matchup to you? Stylistically... Kind of? Yeah, it does to me for some... Now, I'm geeked to see it. I mean, these might as well be my two favorite guys in NXT, them with Kyle O'Reilly. They they feel like... I'm, I'm maybe Kyle is more on the end of the spectrum than um, Matt Riddle. But, like, they're, they're at opposite ends, right? Like, mm. 
Like, Velveteen Dream is sports entertainment. Yes. And Matt Riddle is wrestling. Shoot fighter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in that sense, it's kind of an intriguing Yeah, I hadn't matchup. thought of it from that angle. That's a great story to look out for it. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I would think that this will make a better meshing of styles than certainly, like, Dream's match against, like, EC3. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you'd certainly hope so. And, I, you know, I think there's reason. I thought Matt Riddle looked like the best guy in the match last night in the in the Fatal Five-Way. He looked absolutely tremendous, taking a bunch of finishers at the end. And, again, all of the, the strikes look so great out of him. So I, I'm quite eager for that. How about Adam Cole in the, in the title picture? <sighs> I have no idea which way that match is going to go. Yeah. Which it's... I think is something that I would also say right now about, for example, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Yeah. And I think that is an important thing for these big matches. Obviously, this one is literally thrown together because it is not what their plan was right. at all. Can't hold them accountable no, for you it. No, can't. But yeah. Like, injuries happen, and it's unfortunate. But, like, I do think that it is important come this time of year when we head into these big shows, as much as we know that it's clear-cut that Becky and Kofi are probably going to stand tall by the end of WrestleMania Sunday, mm-hmm. there should be big things that you're looking forward to on the show that you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and th- that will make for, I mean, for us in Whiskey Mania, that sort of sucks. You know, you might hope for a more predictable <laughs> card. But, but besides that, you're, you're 100% correct, Batman. It's it's nice to have that, that sense of, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, and I care about it. Now, speaking of uh, not knowing what's going to happen, yeah. and NXT, oh. and WrestleMania. Oh, my goodness. Uh, some A couple things happened this week yeah. with regards to a title that we have not talked about so far today. Okay, yeah. Which is the... Women's Tag Team Championships. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, now, of course... This does uh, include all those things. <laughs> yes. Sasha and Bailey got run off of Raw by a combination of uh, Nia and Tamina, as well as uh, Natalia and Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix. Uh, it seems like we may be heading towards a four-way With tag the Iconics. Match. Adding Iconics into that mix as Iconics get a pinfall victory over... Uh, Sasha, they cheated to get it, but they still got still, it. Yep. Um, I would ask you, what is the likelihood of this? And also, how fired up for it would you be if instead of having oh. Nia and Tamina in this match, yes. we do a four-way where the four corners represent all of the different shows and multi-generations. So the fourth team is not Nia and Tamina, oh, but is insp- instead... Sky Pirates, Io Shirai, and Kyrie Sane. Sane. Madman, you've done it again. What can we, I mean? We thought you'd had it. We thought you didn't have one good take left in you, given so many. But you've you've home run another one. What intrigue? What that would be? That would be interesting. It would elevate the belts because it makes it seem and wanted exact, from every brand. It's exactly what they've t- been talking about with this title the whole time. Yeah, they'll right? defend it anywhere. Which is that it's open to anyone. Yes. Past, present, it's future. So you bring in, you got your veteran team of Natalia and Beth. You've got your Raw team in Sasha and Bailey. You have your SmackDown team in Iconics. And you have your Wave of the Future NXT team in Sky Pirates. Yeah, I mean, you can even have Beth and Natalia acting heel to have a two-heel, two-face dynamic yeah. there. I would go fucking crazy for this match if they get added to it. There's just something about the belt hanging in the balance, or in this case, the belts, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The, the title being held in the balance for what brand it's going to go to. That adds such an extra layer of intrigue onto any match because the winners of that match are not only now the champions, it's where the championship is. I love the idea. Now, is it likely? I think Nia and Tamina are staying in this match just based off of the booking. And it but seems I'd love like to see it. Io and Kyrie are 
predisposed in, yeah. in what it's going to be. The NXT Women's 4-Way, I believe. Yeah. Against Shayna and Bianca Belair Correct. as well. Yeah, that's what that's shaping. But, I mean, like. they could still be in that match and then tag together the next night. Yeah, I, I suppose I and suppose I, that's true. I think they would bring something very important to that match, too. Because I had this cool. realization as I was watching Iconics versus Sasha Bailey on SmackDown, which was a fine match. But just fine, right? Yeah. And I know that Sasha is a great wrestler. And yep. I know that Bailey is a very good wrestler. Well. And I I know that the Iconics are, are what they are. They're much better on the mic than they are in the ring. True. But still, when I've been watching these women's tag team matches, the ones that are actually tag team matches and not like a tag tornado like Elimination Chamber, there's still these little sloppy moments yes. where where like – I know people in these in these matches are great singles wrestlers, but the dynamic of tag team wrestling has still not quite clicked for them. And it yet. is a different skill set. But we know that Kyrie and Yoshirai can deliver on moments like that in multi-woman matches. We've They'd be already, the best tag team in the match. We've already seen them do it. I love the idea. And of so, that, yeah. in a match where I am expecting a degree of uh, you know, sloppiness a little bit, but more so like watching people think through the moment instead of living it, if that makes sense. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, I think that they would be a huge boost to mask all of that. I love the Just idea. Just a little idea. I, I love had. the idea. I hope they do it. Titus, run that one up the chain, my guy. Thank you very much. And it'll, like, that also feels like, you know, slapped together certainly because you'd be bringing this NXT tag team out of nowhere. Yep. But not necessarily because they were on NXT two weeks ago. That's the thing. I, I love it. I and, just like the idea of the four brands. And it's, it's so good. everything that they've been talking about with this belt all along. I so love it. Just just a little idea that I had. Man, man, do you want to do a little something I like to call the... Uh... <laughs> Before we do that, we yes, have an important gentleman to talk about. Oh, who's that? David Starr. Oh, sure. Yeah, go ahead. I am not fully familiar with this story in terms of, like, I don't know what his actual home company is. I don't know if he's just an he wrestles, indie guy. I've seen him for the I have only big match I'm familiar with him in is for the Beyond title against Orange Cassidy. Okay. Uh, I don't, actually, maybe not even a title match, but a 30-minute match. He is facing Jay Lethal uh, in Israel for the Ring of Honor uh, world title. Correct. And uh, cut a hell of a promo Very this good. On Jay Lethal and, and on Ring of Honor and, and on Sinclair Broadcasting ah, itself. That's the brave thing to me. Yeah, to paint himself as a leftist progressive figure who is, like, elevating Lethal and the company. Like, he's, he was like, you're not elevating me by giving a match to a progressive Jewish wrestler in Israel. Yeah, I am elevating you by allowing to, you to step in the ring with me in that country or whatever. And and just you know, he cut this promo basically calling out uh, Sinclair Broadcasting for being basically the propaganda arm of a, a like explicitly fascist company. But he did it in such a way that like never it, broke kayfabe. It still felt like pro wrestling. It was all character driven. It yep. was all still building and really selling the match. It was like. Everything you want from pro wrestling in 2019, and Sinclair freaked out and made him take it down. Tip of the cap to you, David Starr. He had to remove the video from his Twitter. It's still out there, of course. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can find it. It's still floating around on online. But uh, as things do. Yeah, Ring of Ring of Honor. I mean, you know, kudos. This is what we have to circle back again to what we just spent a good amount of time talking about. You have to give it up to Vince McMahon that they are willing to do this storyline that you know points at their history of racism when Sinclair gets 
prodded one time by a Jewish guy named David Starr. And is like, yeah, you got to get rid of that, bud. Are you willing to call Sinclair Broadcasting cowards? Uh, I, w- I don't know that I would go so far as to ca- call them anti-Semitic. But? But I will call them cowards for yes, sure. Yes, you will. Yes. May I call them a mean name? Absolutely. Go for it. Bums. <laughs> I think we can do a little bit worse than that. <sighs> Just a bunch of jerks. Yeah, hang on. I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll, I'll let her, you know, I'll let her noodle fire around. Up, fire up the old brain again. Yeah, I've been thinking for yeah, an hour. Reboot it. <laughs> Uh, Jamo, have you watched any of the New Japan Cup? We should touch on this a little bit before we get out of here. I've, I've watched Barely. yeah, three or four matches here and there. I will say that I watched Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr. right before this match. Greatly enjoyed that. Would go out of your way. Shorter than I thought it would be. Their styles go together sort of how you would expect. Fun match. Would recommend it. Really, really enjoying that obviously Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be a little bit of more of a focus for New Japan this year. Uh, it did not win against Tanahashi, but, you know, got to look good posting promos. Hats off to Zack Sabre Jr. and sort of the New Japan Cup. I do plan on catching up on a bunch of it this weekend, hopefully. All right. Well, from there, why don't we finally take a look at the Listener Mailbag. Jamo, our first question this week comes to us from Andrew Delbar at A Delbar on Twitter. And sort of a, a nice lead-in, a socially conscious question, following up sort of what we were just talking about as he asks, I watched the WrestleMania 25's 25-woman battle royale where all the women come out at once to So Hot by Kid Rock, grind it on him as they walk by, and then won by Santino and Drag, the character <laughs> Santina, for yes. those who remember. Yes. What other aspect of WWE has seen the most improvement over the last 10 years? Which has seen the worst regression? Great question. So what comes to mind quickly for me, obviously the, the women's stuff has to be the, the most improved, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. But you know what else comes to mind? Just how they play around with sexuality in general. Now, they, they don't address it as head-on, but even just progress by omission. There's no Billy and Chucks. There's no, you know, implying that anyone who, like, moves their hips is gay, which is something that was very common. Dancing was sort of, you know, laughed at and seen as like a, uh, you know, they had an attitude towards that sort of thing. I don't know what the word for that is, but that aspect of WWE has been removed. Yeah, and I mean, I hate to keep circling back to the same point, but you know what? When we're right, we're right. And we got it right pretty early on in this one. So as these stories progress, we're going to have to circle back to them. But when we talked about for the first time, if they would have the balls to fully explore these elements of race within this Kofi uh, story, we said no for two reasons. Obviously because we didn't think that they would paint themselves in that light. Mm -hmm. But the second and the more important part that's more relevant to this question is we didn't trust them to do it properly. Yes. Because you you look back at the history of all of these times that they've had the opportunity to do the right thing or, like, book even remotely progressively. And they fall on their face, like, constantly. So you're right that, like... Even just removing the attempts is a step forward. <laughs> it really is. Uh, for the second part of Andrew's question here, Jamo, he clarifies in a second part saying, it can be any aspect of the company, wrestling, storylines, or, and I think this one is near and dear to your heart, production. What what part has regressed? Yeah. Uh, something comes to mind to me quite quickly, too. I don't know if it's the most, but do you remember when all the online content was legitimately interesting and in character? Like, they had different shows. WWE was kind of cutting edge for early internet. I feel like WWE social is is not nowhere near as strong as it once was. You get, you know, situations where, you know, guys on Twitter are in and out of kayfabe. And, and I sort of say do or don't. I would say that's a regression how they use the internet. Um, 
I mean, he's going back to WrestleMania 25, so it's like, what, 10 years back? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, if we're going to talk about things that have gotten worse, this is a favorite talking point of mine. I do feel like the way that they stage scenes in the backstage area... I don't know how much they've regressed since 10 years ago specifically. Right, but in, as it's a general. It's more like a regression that we've seen over the last 20. But, like, they don't even have sets anymore. It's just a room with a curtain. That's, yeah. Like, it's it looks cheap. It looks it's a great one. It doesn't look like a room. It yes. doesn't look like anything that you would identify as anything in real life. No, like these offices. And it's like the quote-unquote office. Yeah, so, I, you know, I talk about set dressing I would almost expand your point and just say all of the not-in-arena stuff is so much worse. It's something the Attitude Era did do a lot better. People romanticize the Attitude Era, and it's not as good as you remember it, but that stuff is much more creatively and interestingly done. Yeah. Jay Moore, next question this week comes to us from Zoobs, at the underscore Zoobs, who I must just say, the guy who likes... We only have three posts on Top Marks IG, but this guy has liked all of them and comment on each of them. And that's the kind of fucking guy the Zoobs is, I'll tell you that. Uh, And his question reads as follows, J-Man. J-Man. <laughs> that's right. That's who I am. <laughs> yeah, my old that's pal here, J-Man. That's my nickname. And Justin always Man. Has been, if you go back over the past 95 episodes. <laughs> Did I combine J-Mo and Madman? Yeah, I think so. J-Madman. J-Man. Uh, but he asks, fellas, baby, fizz, baby face Miz. Wow. It was great. We didn't talk about it earlier, I think, because you knew this question was coming. Exactly right. And uh, you, you nailed it before the show, so you should repeat this. It's just this, it's the exact same energy that he had in all of his brilliant promos of the past where he was a heel. Yep. Like, the promo that he cut on Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack had the same energy with which he ran down the, the uh, Shane McMahon. It's like ranting but controlled, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. You never feel like he's off the rails. He's like holding his microphone like it's a brandy snifter. Yeah. He's like, you know, got it like clutched in a claw underneath mm-hmm. the mic. And he's very focused directly into camera. The, the only thing that I didn't like about this promo segment from Miz was that we had to sit forever through the video recap of last week's promo from Shane. First. That was weird. It's like, it's like he comes out to start the show and then they play a video for like four and a half minutes. Was it that long? It felt like it took yeah. forever. It, it did stand out to me too, so I hear you. I want to say this about The Miz. Uh, I have had, I would say, a bad experience with most of his babyface runs in the past. Have not enjoyed them. But you, you remember the him and Maurice against Cena and Nikki feud, mm-hmm. WrestleMania Where couple back? they were back? so entertaining. They were just, what was that thing called? Total... Total BS. Total BS. But Miz started hitting on, on all these points. You know, always the chosen one, all these sort of things. And there were complaints that Miz was coming across as a babyface. And while I was using, you know, pushing back on that, and he was, you know, doing the thing, turning on the crowd, it had never occurred to me that Miz is better now than he used to be. And he would be able to do that. And now that he has something where he's babyface, I would like it. So yeah, like the or like the Zoob says, not the Miz. Wow. Well, think about like two years ago, the Raw after SummerSlam, where Miz was the guy who kind of like bridged the gap and shepherded us into that Roman versus Cena feud that took place at No Mercy that year. Yep. Uh, Like he was cutting promos on both of them Mm -hmm. and Barclay Center was going nuts for him. Bonkers. Like he was in the ring with Roman and Cena. And he was the top babyface, which, like, <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a smart crowd, which yes. doesn't say a lot, but it still says something. It's worth I a think. little bit, yeah. And yeah, like I was saying, it's the same energy that we loved before. It's just been, it's like Kevin Owens, just focused in a different direction. So we're they're keeping what we like about the character and just 
turning it a little bit. That's exactly It's not correct. a massive change, and that's nice to see. Our next question this week, Badman, comes to us from Top Mark's most powerful listener 2018, local maniac Matt Rainus at Matt Rainus on Twitter, and he asks... It's March Madness season, which is a basketball thing. For those of you who don't know, it's a bunch of basketball. They play the big orange ball, single elimination tournament. Yeah. I know all about it, JMO. Don't worry about me. No, no uh, question. You're the big orange ball guy. That's, me. that's for sure right. Uh, it's March Madness season, and everybody loves a good Cinderella story. Name a low-card wrestler currently signed by WWE that you could see one day getting a gender-esque, perplexing world title run. Anybody come to mind? Somebody you could see in the very lower card being launched into a sort of wonky... Uh, title program, and maybe you would enjoy it. What about our truth? Yeah, I mean, I kind of was making that case. Yeah, so maybe not world title. Yeah, not world title. Who could be launched into the world title scene and is just... Oh, uh, Breeze. Breeze would be my guy. Into the universal title scene on Raw? Yeah, maybe that. That would be as perplexing as gender. That is true. Breeze is so good. Yeah. Who else is way down there and you could sort of buy in that role? Rusev. I don't know if Rusev is, he is low that enough? far down. Though. If he counts, yeah, Rusev for sure. I think he has a hell of a world title run in him. Uh, but there's some answers for you, Matt. Jim, are you ready for the next question? Yeah. Comes to us from Ryan at Shaptop. Friend of the show, Ryan Shap. And he asks, what's Vince's next move in his devious plot to thwart Kofi from going to WrestleMania? Well, I mean, he already did. He got Daniel Bryan to fly and knee him upside the head, but I think the more interesting question is how does Kofi get back into this match? Do you have a guess, Madman Morissette? I don't. Yeah, that's what the intrigue is, right? Yeah. You have to think it has to do, Kofi in some way will be like, I need I need one more chance that Vince will grant it, stack the odds absolutely against it, maybe like a three-on-one handicap, but the New Day helps him win it. Could that be? He's got to get in on his own accord. Like, it has to be something that he earned because that's been the whole crux of the whole sure. story, right? So it can't be numbers advantage, good guys coming to his aid. It has to be. What if it was already a handicap match, though? Hmm. Yeah, that might be something. That they just even the odds. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm at a point where I'm torn on how much more Vince involvement I want to see in this. It should almost be zero. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, like it was a good step for that feud this week that it was Brian mostly doing the heavy lifting because it should be Brian because we only have two episodes of SmackDown left until then. <laughs> yeah, if Brian even was wanted to go full, he was like, I'll do you a favor. I need somebody who's asked to kick at Mania, and I guess you'll do. That could be interesting. Hell yeah. I've already beat you twice, something like that. Yeah. Madman, our next question this week comes to us from Alex at sucks at username, which I don't know that he does. Kind of a decent username, I suppose. And he asks, where in the top five GOAT, greatest of all time, NXT title runs will Adam Cole's title reign fall? Adam Cole could have a top five NXT title reign. He could. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, who are your top five NXT champions right now? Neville, Zayn, Owens. Owens for sure. Yeah. I don't know that Zayn's reign is a top five. Yeah. Okay. As a reign, probably not. Uh, Owens... Neville. Neville. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Is Joe's better than Nakamura and Finn's? Yes. Yeah, Nakamura and Joe's are pretty even. Yes, Adam Cole could be in the top five. Next yeah, question. I, mean, I, might, I might even have Bobby Roode at number five oh, for me right you, now. Oh, will you well, stop. Yeah, I always Where's the respect him. for Bo Dallas? I love, I, love the, I love the gentrifier as a heel gimmick. I wow. think that's just the greatest. I think you're living it. Well, you know I've always – I've come back to that many times. You 100% has. A few more questions here, Madman. The next one comes to us from our guy. It's at Lorenzo Meow. It's Doug, Doug crap. crap. And he has an interesting one here. 
Do you think this year's NXT roster outperforms last year's? So you have you have some key pieces moving, you know, Chomp and Gargana no longer really. I mean, Gargana they could actually keep them there. Yeah, oh, definitely. Because it feels like Gargano is going to stay there as a result of this injury. But they probably won't be in like play for the bulk. It sounds like Chomp is going to be out for a while here. It could be the bulk of the year. Oh, really? That's what it sounds like. Um, because yeah, I did read in the uh, dirt sheets that rumor has it they already have the return plan for Champa completely mapped out. Oh, okay, already. Cool. Um. But if it's a year away, then it might happen on the main roster and not. Because be. I was thinking Gargano might win the, this two out of three falls match. He could for sure. And then have a pretty decent reign that is capped off by whatever they were going to do, what they were planning to do Ciampa comes when back. Ciampa comes back. Um, and maybe they're floating it out there that it's going to be a year and it's actually going to be five months. And that's a surprise. You know? I kind of wish they just would have never taken the North American off of Gargano. And then you just have him like establish that belt until Ciampa comes back. And then they feud over that. I don't know. Could have done something interesting there. I don't think this year outperforms last year. So I just no. think the loss of Andrade, Black, and Ricochet. Yeah, and also, how did we just make a list of the top five NXT champions and not mention fucking Tommaso Ciampa? Yeah, this is... Dog shits here. <laughs> Champa who? Who? Oh, the guy with the busted. No, of course, yeah. it's a top five. Great call there, J- yeah. J-Mo. Um, but no, I do not. Do you? Uh, I, I Just the loss of Andrade in black. I can't. But at the same time, we're getting Stokely. Ridley. Stokely, or Riddle. Stokely right now is teasing that he like might have some sort of on-screen partnership with Keith Lee. That, which managing maybe yeah that could be fun. well of course yeah but well stokely could but, be and I, I don't ever like you know i'm typically against when they're like yeah we got two black guys may as well throw them together sure um but i actually would be super into that pairing because i feel like they complement each other in good ways i think stokely hathaway is mostly a value add as a manager to anyone like yeah. i think he's, he's that like sort of watchable he yeah he absolutely should be the kind of person that WWE like lets be the face of a stable. Yes, one hundred percent. They never do that with managers anymore. You'd love to see it. Man, uh, man, taking us home this week is. So yeah, I, I actually think it's closer than we're giving it credit for right now, but I don't see it being as good as this past year was. Yeah, I could see it being better in the middle and not as good at the top, if that makes sense. Yeah. Although, I'll say, I feel Dream and Riddle does a lot for me. Mm-hmm. So so having those two guys, we'll see. But when you first asked me that question, I was like, no, there's no way. They won't even be close. But and under then the I thought about it, and I was like, it'll be close, but yeah. it won't be as good. Taking us home on this week's episode of Top Marks Madman is Fruits Are Edible. At Fruits Are Edible, it's our pal, the brewmaster, Craig Tamble, and he asks, what do you guys think will be the New Day's gear and entrance for Kofi Mania? Ooh. They could go, I mean... Any direction. It's almost a shame they've used the Black Panther stuff already because yeah, that say. would be so so perfect for even just the the storyline. I hope that it's it's serious up a little bit. I guess I I don't know that I want their main entrance to be the rainbows and unicorns and whatnot. I want Kofi fighting for something. Uh, what if like Vigo Mortensen drives yes. them to the ring? <laughs> the three of them are in the back of a green Cadillac and Vigo. Is like eating fried chicken yeah. in the front seat. And oh, she drives them to the only ring. a white savior could get them to exactly, Vania. Exactly. Oh Lord Almighty! Yeah, yeah. Let's not green book this one. Let's no. let's uh, let's let. It, it would be interesting if they went full bore support and they have, you know, E and Xavier enter first and they just make an even bigger deal about Kofi is here. That would be a great moment, yeah. right? If they sort of introduce. Well, him. that's how they would stretch out the feud too. Like it wouldn't. 
how do you continue this feud? How do you not have Kofi win the title at Mania? You have Viggo Mortensen <laughs> attack him in the middle of the ring. Say, oh, you think I'm not going to back the green guy and Daniel Bryan? Get out of here. Oh, boy. Yeah, not not what I want to see. JMO, that will do it for this episode of Top Marks. How did you feel, JMO? How did you feel about this one? Good, man. I, I've been a little bit nervous lately because I feel like... As we're on the road to Mania, it's just Mania topics all the time. Yeah. And how do we stretch this out over six weeks or however long we've been talking about these no. things? Because not a lot happened to change the picture yeah, but this we- week. But there is still a ton of stuff to talk about because things are constantly clicking into view. And look, we're an hour and five minutes into this, an hour six, maybe when I include the clips at the beginning, an hour eight. Maybe by the time I'm finished <laughs> figuring out what time it is, an hour ten. You never know. Uh, Let's talk about it. But, but we never talked about it. Batista just looking like a fucking oh, yeah. crime boss right on Monday. Th- How the hell do we not talk about this? Uh, the costuming, the difference in seeing an actual actor. And that hu- is his real office. Did you read what? that? What? You read that story about him having that... Uh, That's it? That, like, pr- that yes, office so, yeah. in Tampa where, like... Jack oh, Swagger was working out before his awesome. UFC fight. That is legit that, where they filmed it. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. that That's I his knew, Tampa office. I knew he had that, but I, I didn't know that was that. That is just fantastic. Yeah, listen. I'm just glad they brought in an actual film crew and didn't just have him say it into his cell phone. Give me one word on Big Dave Batista. Oh, what, huge dick. And I'm going to go, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and until next week. Stay hot, stay spicy, and stay tasting great. Because your curry man, what what what, Titus Worldwide. Seen any movies this week? No, I was. Uh, I don't want them to listen to this, but I've been uh, traveling for work with my bosses. Ah, so no movies, just pain. That's unfortunate. Yeah, what are you going to do? We're on the other side of it now. Yeah. And it feels great. I almost went and saw a Korean... Oh, no. It was a Vietnamese revenge movie. Oh, what's it called? Fury. Yeah. Apparently, it kicks ass. Yeah. I was looking at the listings for What's at Tinseltown right now, and it's literally just like all of the Oscar movies. Yep. And a bunch of foreign language films that I never heard of before, and the one that stood out to me the most was Fury, which is about... A Korean mother who's like, it's like John I watched Wick. the trailer. She's like a former gang member, and her daughter gets kidnapped by human traffickers, and it's like, you took the wrong girl. Yeah, it looked like Taken meets uh, John Wick to me. Yeah, and what, it looked awesome. What do you, I, I didn't see it, though. I stayed home and we'll see it this podcast weekend? things. Yeah, maybe. It is still playing down there. Podcast things? A real good show out? Yeah. Hey, Pierre, why don't you, well, who's on Real Good this week? It was uh, Audrey Bowler and uh, Christina. Oh, the Puck Bunnies. From uh, Flu- Flu's. The Esquire on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. the Puck Bunnies were oh, on the show. Good yeah. episode? Yeah, very funny. Well, I may just have to tune on into but that. You know what I did watch? Go ahead. I, I didn't go to the movies. Instead, I, I stayed home and I watched Lucy. I don't know what that is. It's uh, Scarlett Johansson and she's got like drugs in her stomach. Oh, she cool. She beat up in jail and oh, all the drugs cool. like change her bloodstream and she becomes this super powered. It's, it's, a, it's a very similar take to. Um, uh, what was that movie with Bradley Cooper where he Limitless. took that pill? Limitless. Yeah. <laughs> it's about like, what if you could use 100% of your brain? Except instead of being a stupid movie starring Bradley Cooper, this is an action film that was written and directed by Luc Besson. Oh, yeah, made, yeah. Uh, of course, The Fifth Element yeah. and a bunch of other stuff like that. Is it any good? I, I thought it was awesome. Okay. Is yeah. it on Netflix? It is on Netflix, yeah. Well, it's maybe. extremely weird. Oh, I like but that. But like in a very ambitious, kind of beautiful and fun 
funny way. So yeah. that's Lucy. Check yeah. it out yeah. on Netflix. By all means, good. please do. If you own a Nintendo Switch, buy Death Road for Canada. Bye. <laughs> Titus Worldwide!